What is up, everybody? Welcome to Granny Shot, your not-so-serious NBA podcast. As always, I've got Don with me today, but I don't have Delco with me today. He's off doing more fun things. I don't know what that could possibly be, considering Don and I are the most fun people that he knows. But Don, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm actually feeling better now that Delco is not here. So it's just yeah, you and me. It's just you and me. We're going to really build some chemistry here. We're going to continue going through our over-under episodes. We've already gotten through 11 teams thus far. So we've got 19 teams left. Somebody check my math there. Uh, but today we're going to be looking at three teams in the East, three teams in the West. And again, we're working through reverse alphabetical order for all 30 teams. So what we've got in the East is we've got the Pistons, the Pacers, and the Heat. And in the West, we've got the T-Wolves, the Pelicans, and the Thunder. So some interesting teams, some not so interesting teams. But holistically, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I completely agree. So are we starting in the East or the West? We're going to start in the East and we're going to start with the Pistons. And let's just jump right into it. So the Pistons have a 24 game over under from Vegas. And just for all the listeners out there, the odds came out on December 3rd. So it was post the Westbrook John Wall trade, which is the last big move in the NBA that really would have tilted the over unders with any sort of significance. So right now, the over-under, again, 24 wins. And since we do have a COVID season going and those 72 games may not necessarily get played, it's more important to look at that win percentage, in which case 24 wins equates to about a 33% win percentage for the Pistons is what Vegas has it as. That's actually higher than what they won in 2020, which was 20% of their games. So either Vegas is saying, again, Pistons got a little bit better, or maybe their schedule is easier, or maybe they just think the East is weaker as a whole. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think it's kind of interesting that they've got the Pistons at, at a higher win percentage than what they were at last year. So it was 30% last year, right? Yeah, they had a 30% win percentage right. last year. Yeah, I I agree with with that. I think they're going to do better this year. I think their team's a lot more exciting. Their team last year struggled a lot. And they you know they lost Luke Kennard. I think that's pretty big. I like him and like the growth that he can have as a player. But Jeremy Grant is someone that I really, really loved for the Nuggets. It's a huge pickup for them. I think he's going to do wonders. And then you have Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bey coming in, who I know you love Sadiq Bey. I think those are exciting, young, highly talented offensive players. And you have some nice defense um, coming in again with Grant. You get some veteran leadership with Elon Wright. Is it, is it Miles Plumley who's now on that team? One of the Plum Plums? Blum Plum. And, uh, and Jaleel Okafor, maybe the rebirth of Jaleel. Not happening. No, not happening. But I, I actually agree. I think they're gonna. I think they're they're gonna be able to compete with more teams than last than they did last year. Last year's team was like built off DeAndre Drummond, who obviously is now gone, and then Luke Kennard was hurt a lot of last season. So it, it's an interesting team because they're refacing the franchise, and that's that's something to be excited about. I don't think you mentioned Blake once in that, and you've got Blake for a reason. <laughs> you've for got reason. Blake there. He's he's oft hurt, right? And we'll see how he performs this season. It's kind of funny how far Blake Griffin has fallen in terms of superstar status within the league. He was a mega star four-ish years ago in Lob City Clipper world. And now he's just kind of one of those lost, stranded stars who's old and maybe people think he doesn't care about basketball as much as his off-court endeavors. You know, he's an aspiring actor and a quite good one. I'll give him credit there. He's actually pretty funny, but often injured. Wouldn't be shocked to see if the Pistons could try to trade him to a contending team. If there's a situation where contending teams thinks that he would help a lot. But I think they're going to end up going under 
the 24 over under wins. I think they'll end up right around where they were last year at around 30%. I do agree the Jeremy Grant pickup is great. I love Jeremy Grant. He he got paid and he deserves to get paid. I hate that he went to the Pistons though because I think he's a great piece for a, a tough playoff team. I loved him on the Thunder. I loved him on the Nuggets. So him sliding to the Pistons and going to a team that I don't think has any chance of making the playoffs. It's a little disappointing to me, but nonetheless, he's got to go get his money, and I respect that. Delon Wright, same kind of situation. He's getting paid. I don't think he makes that much of an impact. Delon Wright's one of those guys where I hear his name and I think, oh, he's a nice young point guard, you know, or a nice young combo guard. Yeah. He's 28. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's yeah, older. Like he's yeah. not that young anymore. And it's kind of funny how, you know, people like that kind of sneak up on you. Like, damn, where did the time go? I feel like he's like been a up and coming guy for not that long but really it's been like seven years yeah it's been it's been quite some time i mean he he played a vital role in the mavs team and he was fun to watch when he got the opportunity to handle the ball i just i like the directions the pistons are going and i think they're going to be a gritty fun team to get by on a day-to-day basis and that's why i'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt i'm going to like barely go over with like maybe 34 35 percent okay i I see i guess i can't really tell what direction the pistons are going if you look at half their roster, like, yeah, they're, they're all in on the young guys and the young guys look fun and they're going to throw a young team out there and just completely go all in on developing young talent. But then they've also got Blake Griffin, Jeremy Grant. They signed Mason Plumley and they've got D Rose. And I'm like, huh, OK, uh, this is kind of weird. So what are they doing? I'm not quite sure if it's the former, then I agree. It's exciting. You know, if they throw Sadiq Bay out there, if they throw Killian Hayes out there, if they throw isaiah stort even though i hate that pick but if they throw them out there and they've got these young guys you know really trying to develop then i agree it's a fun team to watch i still think that they're gonna end up being under but yeah i I just i don't really know what they're doing you know it wouldn't be that shocking to me if blake griffin stays healthy and jeremy grant has a career year that they sneak into a play-in game but i don't know that that's what they want you know, yeah, it almost seems yeah. like they want to lose. It's, it's a strange situation in Detroit. I can't really put my thumb on what they're doing. If I were them, I'd honestly, I'd, I'd ship Blake Griffin, get some assets. I'd ship Derek Rose, both to like, again, like championship contending teams. And I would do what the Memphis Gri- Grizzlies did, which was throw their young guys on the floor and just have a fun, exciting season and give them nice experience. Um, yeah, I would try to do the same thing. But then I would ask the question, if that was their plan, why give $20 million to Jeremy Grant? I don't know. So that's the point. That's yeah. that's weird. But anyways, right. So the Pistons, I've I've got them under. It sounds like you've got them almost at even, but slightly over. Yeah. All right. So that'll put them around 25, 26 wins in, in your world and somewhere in the 20 to 24 range for me is what I'll say. And uh, Delco, how about you? Oh, wait, that's right. You're not here. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> L. <laughs> Nah, I, I we'll let Delco chime in a little bit later if he's able to join us, but uh, he'll he'll break the tie for us on the over-under for the Pistons. So let's move on. We've got several more teams that we got to get through here. The next one in the East is the Pacers. The Pacers make the playoffs last year, actually as the four seed. And they finish above the Heat. They get that first-round matchup with the Heat, and nobody gave them a chance. Like I think every single NBA fan immediately when the playoffs started was like, the Heat are probably going to sweep the Pacers. Or yeah. the Heat are going to win yeah. that in five, even though the Pacers were the four seed, right? And I kind of always wondered why. And I know the Pacers had injuries in the bubble, particularly Sabonis. That was a big loss for them. That yeah. hurt them. But the Pacers team pretty much the exact same as last year, right? Not really any sort of significant changes. 
they do have a new coach. Nate McMillan moves. They bring in Bjorken, who's the assistant coach from the Raptors. Uh, Raptors obviously played some fantastic ball the last two years. So I think a lot of people have high expectations and the type of play that he might be able to bring to them. And I guess the only big news for them is Jeremy Lamb was hurt for most of last season. In second half of last season, he comes back, might help with their depth. But again, they're pretty much the same team as last year. And where Vegas has them is at 39 and a half wins which is a 55% win percentage, which is about 7% less than what they won in 2020. So in 2020, they won 62%. So Vegas thinks they're going to end up falling, sliding back a little bit. I'm thinking that I agree with that only because the East got stronger, not because the Pacers are any worse. I think the Pacers will be just as competitive as they were last year. They just won't sneak away with as many wins because the competition is just kind of a little stiffer. So I'm going under here. Yeah, it's. I think this is one of those teams where if you ask anyone who watches basketball, it's it's going to be hard for them to take an over on this one. Just again, because the the East, the top half of the East, and even a bit of the bottom half got way stronger. The Pacers, they don't really excite me as much. When I think about their team, I think of like a team that day in and day out can compete. But Oladipo to me has not been the same, and that's to be expected. I mean, that's a you know traumatic in- injury that he undertook. I'm not a big believer in him at this moment. Um, I like the pieces they have. I like the Holiday Brothers. I think they provide great defense and like great for what they are. Um, obviously, TJ Warren gets buckets, and he had a huge breakthrough in the bubble. He's actually projected to miss maybe the first couple of games this season with an injury, which is going to hamper them. But I like TJ Warren. I like what they're doing with their team. I, it's just not as exciting. Like Everyone else is is adding these these building blocks on on top of one another. And the the Pacers still have a fantastic foundation, right? Sabonis will be back. Uh, He's a fantastic player. But I just don't think it's enough, right? There's no one there that's going to push the needle. They don't have... There's no all-stars on that team. At the end of the day, that's what you need. I think, think, honestly, Sabonis is the best chance of being an all-star this year if he can put together a fantastic season. But even then, it's like they have a bunch of really, really good... B class and like high C class players, but there's no one in that top tier, which which you need to push yeah. the needle. Yeah, they're like a team full of really good players, but no great players. Yeah, which uh, which is actually a fun team to root for because they kind of always have this like slight underdog complex, but they're still really competitive and and beat a lot of teams that do have superstars. Maybe like teams with like stranded superstars. And Malcolm, yeah, I, I, I forgot about Malcolm. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon, I, yeah. I, I love Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's a fantastic player, but he, but he's not a superstar, right? I mean, right. He's, and Oladipo, to your point, hasn't been the same. I, I actually do think Oladipo's got some more left in the tank and he can pick it up again. But, you know, Oladipo really only had two seasons where he was performing at all-star level. You know, he, he got traded from Orlando to the Thunder, right? He, he wasn't superb in either city. And then he, they make the trade for him and he goes to Indiana and that's where he ended up playing great, right? So it's not like Oladipo has been this consistent superstar his whole career. Um, I, I do think he has more left in the tank, but I sometimes think that people only remember that one, one and a half season of Oladipo instead of the five to six seasons that came prior to that where he was just, you know, a, a really solid, really good player as opposed to an all-star borderline superstar player where he was for that one, one and a half seasons. And I think that's, I think that's my problem is I remember him more as the, the player he was and that one all-star season, you know, that one amazing season he had, I just, I tend to overlook it a little bit just because he's a volume shooters have to be consistent. Like I can look at Bradley Beal and say, I trust him because he is a pure volume shooter and he, you know, he's consistent year in, year out. Victor He's a volume shooter that 
has had inconsistencies in the past and he had a really great season, season and a half. And I know the injury was again, traumatic, but you, you expect to see that at least pick up. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of mental inconsistencies as well when he was starting to get back on the floor, like not trusting his leg and not trusting his body. And that can linger to no fault of his own. I think they need him, right? They need him to push the needle and to get into playoffs and make, and make waves. And I guess we we haven't seen that and I don't think we're going to see it, which is why I'm taking the under. Okay. Yeah. So I, I agree with most of those points. I'm going to, again, I, I think I already said this. I'm taking the under as well. We do have the benefit as, as we get into these later teams, as we do the over under the preseason did start yesterday or sorry, two days ago. And we do have the benefit at seeing some of these teams play now. So I think as, uh, as we get a little bit later into these over under picks, we have a bit of an advantage for these teams to kind of see, Oh, you know, this guy looks all right. Or, yeah. um, you know, this guy that came off injury appears like maybe he's got his explosiveness back. Um, so I do want to call that piece out. And I, the reason I bring that up is something that I noticed yesterday is that Aaron holiday started. Yeah. To Brock yeah. And, uh, and Oladipo. And, and I really do like Aaron holiday. I think he's got a future as a, you know, maybe that fifth starter or a really, really solid bench player. Uh, so I've got a lot of faith in him. I, I'd like to see if he takes another leap in his, I think it's his third season coming up because he took a big jump from his rookie to his sophomore campaign. Yeah, I if actually, he's able to do that, then then maybe the Pacers get a little bit better and maybe they go over this over under that Vegas has them at. Uh, but that's, you know, maybe one of the only scenarios that I see that happening. Yeah, I watch a lot of offseason training and specifically I've watched Aaron Holiday and, and Drew Holiday who train together uh, go back and forth and and Aaron keeps up and he he looks like he's a fantastic player. I also like Justin a lot. Justin is a, a steel machine. I mean, for is, is Aaron Holiday a, a superstar? Potentially, yes. Top <laughs> top three potential. <laughs> but Justin, people don't talk about Justin Holiday. He for what he does on the court and the time he gets, he is so efficient um, with his defense and he makes some big buckets as well. I, I like him on on any team. I think he's. I honestly think Justin should get traded to like a championship contending team because he's averaging, I think in the bubble or like towards the back half of the season, he was getting three to four steals a game. Yeah. Super. Yeah, Justin, Justin Holiday can fit on any team because he's that three and D guy yeah. that can defend multiple players, multiple positions and and hit open shots. And I agree. He, he's one of those players that, that could get moved. Teams would be intrigued by that. He doesn't have like a super expensive contract. So, you know, maybe if the Pacers get off to a slow start and they want some, some assets, then maybe they look to move him. But his contract's so small that uh, that might not be something that the Pacers think it's worth it. Yeah, sounds like we've got Ralph visiting you, Don. Yeah, he's uh he's shaking off the cobwebs from his nap. Man, rough life. Rough R- life. <laughs> yeah, rough life. Pun intended there. Let's uh, move on. The Pacers again. So we're both going under here. Final team in the East is our team that came out of the East last year and the team that we just talked about having beat the Pacers in the first round in a sweep to the Miami Heat. And everybody's got the Heat fresh in their minds. But I don't think anybody's picking the Heat to finish first or second in the East this year. At least that's what I've been hearing. I haven't heard you know, any of uh, my NBA friends or any of the NBA news sites that I look at saying that they have any faith that the Heat can manage a full season at a first or second seed level uh so the heat just from from last season to this season their big ads are avery bradley and mo harkless love i wouldn't necessarily call them huge ads but i i'd like both of those as well they definitely fit that miami defensive mold tough guy attitude culture that they have there 
but they do lose Jay Crowder, who also fits that mold. So that that hurts them. Um, but I think it's a like for like kind of ad loss there. I don't know that there's necessarily a huge swing with that. It's almost like an even trade off. So where do you see the heat falling? Vegas has them at 43 wins at a 60% win percentage. That win percentage is exactly what they were last year. So Vegas thinks they are going to finish basically in the same place that they did last year. So, you know, converted to a Miami guy last season, I just saw the spark on that team, the chemistry, and it's it's addicting and fun to watch. It's an interesting team this season because they go from a team of no ex- no expectation in the beginning of last season to the utmost expectation this season, given where they ended and, and they're pushing the finals, and, and rightfully so. I'm taking the over on this. I think just for the points that you made, losing Jay Crowder I think is huge, but uh, Avery Bradley could have a career year, especially with this team. I think he's been... Career year? Career year. I'm calling it now. I think he fits that team fantastically. I think especially with the coaching there, they're going to be able to fit him into that system and build him a model that's definitely going to elevate his game. Mo Harkless is definitely also a sneaky ad who hasn't had, he hasn't had a lot of limelight, but I think again, anyone you put into that team with Eric Spolstra is going to be highlighted. Uh, But I think we see the Avery Bradley of like the Celtics days where he comes back and he's really showing what he's got. And wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a bold claim because Avery Bradley on that Celtics team, uh, that last year that he was with the Celtics was really good like obviously everybody knows how good he is on defense but he was really good on offense too very efficient dishing out assists hitting threes if if that happens then that would be incredible for the i think i think it's gonna happen i mean you look at the players they have on the floor and that'll when you play with great players you get better yourself like bam is gonna have a fantastic season he spreads the floor well you have fantastic three-point shooters. You have Tyler Hero coming back, who's supposed to have a fantastic season. A lot of young guys on that team who are building up. Duncan Robinson, fantastic three-point shooter. Avery Bradley's, I mean, they're going to spread the floor like crazy and have three-point threats everywhere. And that's only going to help with his threes, um, his confidence, his assists, his defense, etc. So, yeah, I like that team. We're not even mentioning Jimmy Butler, who, like it or not, and I know you guys you guys reserve the name superstar, like you and Delco, specifically reserve that name and that's respectable but jimmy butler <laughs> jimmy, jimmy butler is a superstar yeah. but he's a proven superstar like let's not well i'm just saying last year we, last year he proved himself to be a superstar he was probably on the fence for a while i agree that if somebody told me that they didn't think jimmy butler was a superstar before the playoffs this past season i wouldn't have thought they were batshit crazy yeah but i would have had him in the superstar category probably maybe maybe the last guy in that category but i i only i only give that token to 10 to 12 guys yeah yeah we talked about the pacers who have no all-stars no superstars obviously and you look at the heat they have that superstar in jimmy butler and they're adding all this talent and they have more potential all-stars on that team i think there are some players on that team i mean bam is bam's projected to be an all-star bam is potentially second time all-star yeah. he was an all-star last year. exactly so he's also potentially projected to be a superstar one day super young uh yeah you know high ceiling i think again i don't i don't know how you could see what they did in the bubble and give them the exact same win percentage you just have to say that the you know the east everyone in the east caught up so it's going to be more competitive and i understand that but I, again losing jay is big but what they did it's a tick for tack right it's a win-win they got avery bradley they got mo harkless I think I think they're over this season. I, I'm going to go over as well. I think they probably hear the chatter that their performance in the bubble was just uh, kind of a fluke and that it just worked really well for their style of 
uh, or, or really their culture. They run a very militaristic type culture. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that the, that is gave them an advantage in the bubble, whereas a lot of other teams that have uh, maybe not that type of culture, it really hurt them from a mental perspective. So I think they hear that chatter, and I think that gives Jimmy Butler kind of that edge that he thrives off of, and he tries to push the team to uh, meet or exceed regular season expectations from last year. I also think that Tyler Hero is going to make another step here. And Don, I can't believe you didn't really mention Tyler Hero. You probably purposely did that because you knew I would make fun of you. I know you're a huge Tyler Hero fanboy. I think he makes solid strides. I think he looks more like the Tyler Hero that played in the bubble as opposed to the Tyler Hero that played in the regular season. And I'm not saying that Tyler Hero wasn't good in the regular season, but he took a very obvious clear step in the bubble where he's not afraid of the moment and the Heat were not afraid to run plays for him and give him the ball and clear out and say, Tyler, it's your time to go score. We need a bucket. Go get it for us. And that's important. I I also think that Hero has very underrated uh, playmaking abilities, and I think that he improves that. I would not be shocked to see Hero play some point guard this season uh, just in a backup role, especially if Dragic gets hurt, which we know he will at some point. So we'll see what happens there but that's just a piece that i'll be looking out for but it sounds like you know we're both going over they also you know other young guys duncan robinson kendrick nunn those guys will look to grow too um, but i'm going over i think they end up getting the three seed i think three or four seed in the east this year but i think that'll equate to somewhere in the 45 to 50 wins as opposed to the 43 that vegas has them at yeah i agree i think i think they pushed i think they pushed second third this year I don't talk about Tyler Hero because I feel like I've talked to him about him enough, but been watching him since high school. Fantastic player. He did run point a good bit in high school, so that would make sense if he was able to do that. I'm just trying not to jinx the sophomore, sophomore slump here. Yeah, you've been talking about him since he was teenager i i remember i think he's from wisconsin right yeah getting those videos and i I i've got some buddies up in wisconsin and they were upset that he uh left the state to go to kentucky but he decommitted and then went to kentucky yeah Yeah. (laughs) savage (laughs) yeah but yeah all right both both over for the heat the former eastern conference champions do you think they're able to make a run in the playoffs again or yeah someone else out of the east comes out i think they're able to make another run i it's hard. To, it de- it depends for them. It's all about that chemistry. I mean, they have so many lethal weapons on offense. I think the biggest question is: Do Kyrie and KD does that team even have enough outside of Kyrie and KD um, for the Nets? And then obviously the Bucks, in my opinion, are the biggest threat. And then that's all about: Does Giannis make that step in the playoffs? Everyone's waiting for it. He has to if they want to get past the Heat because the Heat have what the Bucks have never had, which is like that complete camaraderie and chemistry that everyone can click all at once and the bucks click in different components but no one ever is hitting on the same chord and that's that's tough to push you know it's hard to win a championship when when you have that on a team so i right now right now the heat are my favorite um unless the bucks can can really show themselves in the playoffs yeah Uh, those are all fair points and that's that's a little sidetracked from our uh over under right at the you know the regular season and playoffs are two different ball games so well, we'll see what happens there. But it sounds like you think they push second, third seed, uh, and we're both over. Yeah. So let's move on from the East into the Western Conference. Most people consider this the more fun conference. We're going to, and I realized just now that we actually kind of went off track on our reverse alphabetical order in the East, but we still got the three teams done that we wanted to. Regardless, we're going to start with the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
And what can we say about the Thunder? This is the team that Vegas has as the biggest drop from last season to this season. It's probably the biggest drop in everybody's eyes. They pretty much blow up the entire team. SGA stays. Just about everybody else leaves. And they've got a a bunch of young guys here. They're very clearly not prioritizing winning this season. Do you, one, think that they meet the over-under wins that Vegas has them at, which is 24 wins, 33% win percentage? And two, do you have any interest in watching them this season? No and no. (laughs) (laughs) The only interest I have is some of the prospects they have on that team, um, including that seven-plus footer. I saw some of his preseason action, and he actually looked – he played well. But I have no in Pokusevsky. Oh, yep, he played. So I, I haven't, I haven't been able to watch, and I didn't see the box score or anything along those lines for the Thunder. But he, he looked all right. Yeah, he, yeah, he was fifty uh, percent from the floor. He shot well. He, he moved well. I actually was impressed because I've never really seen him play, and especially converting to the NBA, it's a much different league and caliber. But no, I have no interest in watching them, and no, I don't think they meet the the over under this season right they're given the same pretty much it's a different conference in my opinion it's a harder conference and they're given the same over under as the as the pistons so for me it's kind of like no i don't unless sga can become the next mj they're not gonna beat that and i love sga fantastic player it's it's criminal what they did to him this season but no there's no way yeah, I, I'm going under, and you know, as uh, as you bring up Pokusevsky, I had to pull up the box score from that Spurs game last night. Uh, you're right, you know, Pokusevsky, 14 points, eight rebounds, two assists, 23 minutes. Wow, that's uh, that's definitely intriguing, and that that maybe gets me intrigued enough. So I'm gonna say no on the over under, and yes on the. I'm a little bit excited to watch them because there's so many players on this team that are like they have potential, but I'm not sure where it's going to land, where the potential is going to land. Another one of those guys, Theo Maldon, who I really wanted the Hornets to pick in the second round, and we didn't. I thought he was the obvious you know, high upside pick there. He also had a really strong preseason. Yeah, he game. played well too. So, that yeah, I'll definitely be intrigued to watch them. You've got Shea, and then you've got Luke Dortz, who had a an awesome playoffs, you know, guarding Harden. Uh, he looks like he's got maybe a PJ Tucker-ish type career ahead of him. So, I, I really... I'm gonna I'm like convincing myself as I'm talking here and and I'll say you know I I can get intrigued to watch Thunder games as long as they put teams out there that are competitive and are gonna play hard then I'll watch them you know if it turns into like a Philadelphia 76ers type tanking situation where they purposely put the worst team on the floor at all times and you know purposely try to lose then I'm not gonna watch but I hope that that doesn't happen yeah so we're both going under on this I'm going I'm intrigued to watch some of their young guys play Don you're sounding like you may tune in once if see what's going I on but probably not nothing else going on in the world <laughs> at all i probably will you don't have you don't have a life done so you're gonna be watching them a this lot this is true <laughs> okay so uh let's move on thunder probably one of the less interesting teams in the league to a lot of people at least this season um and let's move on to the pelicans pelicans team that is probably very intriguing to a lot of people because of zion and uh because of brandon ingram but zion more so because he hardly played last season. Uh, but when he did play, he definitely had an impact. No, min- Pelicans, no minutes restriction either. And, right. Yeah, good point. But the Pelicans have a very young team, a different looking team than they did last year. So some key ads for them is they add Steven Adams and they add Eric Bledsoe. They do lose Drew Holiday. We've talked about that already. But 
where do you see the Pelicans falling this season? Right now, Vegas has them at a 49% win percentage, which puts them right around 36 wins, which is 7% higher than what they won in 2020. This one's tricky. I had to think about this one probably the most out of all the teams we're covering today. And just because I'm excited to watch this team, I'm going to take the over. I think they have a lot of potential, especially with the way Brandon Ingram played last season. I think he can build upon that. And when you have a healthy, unrestricted Zion Williamson, you have that Brandon Ingram, you have Eric Bledsoe coming on board, J.J. Redick. I mean, J.J. is so consistent. I I think he's very important for any team. I think he's going to be great from a veteran leadership as well as spacing out the floor. And then Steven Adams. I love Steven Adams. I think he's a fantastic player, strong as an ox. And so I'm taking the over because I think they have the talent. And it's all about just, again, we talked about it a little bit earlier, just putting all the chords to play together at once. I think there's potential. And this this team's going to be a lot of high energy. We talked about the when we did the um, the draft review earlier. I wanted Kira Lewis on this team, who they went up and ended up drafting because he's high energy. Mm-hmm. He moves the ball fast. He's explosive. That's what this team's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And so I'm taking the over. I, I think they're going to produce. Yeah, I think that their pick of Kira Lewis is that they don't really feel like that they have their point guard of the future on this team. Lonzo is only 23. Lonzo can play some shooting guard. But Lonzo, I think, has shown he's he's not ever going to be an all-star caliber point guard. He he can be a solid point guard for the rest of his career, but not you know all-star caliber, you know, very good point guard. The one thing I will say that's really odd about how this team got constructed this past offseason, odd to me, is when I look at Zion play, he needs space to operate, and he's not you know side to side real quick laterally. Um, he's explosive up and down, obviously, and he's explosive from point A to point B. But adding Steven Adams and adding guys that don't space the floor a lot around Zion is a very interesting play to me that I'm not sure how that looks, right? You've got Bledsoe, who is notorious for having defenders sag off him and letting him shoot, especially in important big games. You've got Steven Adams, who's only effective in the paint. And you've got other big guys and you know, Jackson Hayes, he's young, but he's not a guy that's like a stretch four or stretch five by any means. So I do find that piece interesting. Lonzo balls, three balls improved quite a bit, but um, I don't think teams are hugging Lonzo on the three point line and, you know, refusing to help. It's not that good of a three point ball. So that part intrigues me. And for that reason, I'm definitely going to be wanting to watch them. I actually don't think Brandon Ingram makes any sort of big jump from last season to this season. I think his big jump already happened. I think he's going to continue to play at the level that he did last year, but I don't see him hitting all-star level this year. I'm actually going to go under here because I think that they're going to still struggle to learn how to win. And I think that the West is just so strong that they are are, are just not going to find enough wins, even though they're so talented. So I'm going to go under and I'm going to say that they win 30 to 34 games as opposed to the 36 that Vegas has them at maybe a 45% win percentage. Uh, yeah, I actually, it's, you made good points as you were talking. I'm like, I think a lot of my enthusiasm to watch this team and see them do well pushes me over and I'm still going to take the over, but I could definitely see that slide to the under. Um, losing Drew Holiday is going to be really big for them. Uh, Alexander Walker is a player I'm really looking forward to seeing this season. He has he had tremendous spurts and highlights, and he was a really highly touted prospect 
uh, as a rookie last season. So it, if he can make a big leap, that's huge for this team. But I'm still taking the over on this one. Yeah, we'll see how he plays. I, I was big on him coming out of the draft two years ago, and then he had an amazing preseason. He was one of the best summer league, or sorry, not preseason. He was one of the best summer league performers that year, and I, I felt validated because I I was all about Alexander Walker coming out of that draft, like I said. But then his his regular season was pretty meh. Yeah. Um. But I, I do agree. He, he's got potential. We'll see what happens there. So I'm going under. You're going over. I'm pretty confident you're kind of on the border there. I think the Pelicans will will get quite a few nationally televised games, so we're not going to have any issue watching them. Even if we don't want to watch them, it seems uh, uh, Zion and the Zion hype is going to get shoved down our throats regardless. Oh, without a doubt. So let's continue on. We've got our final team, and hopefully our beloved third host, Delco, will be able to join us for this last one, but I'm not sure if he will. Uh, The T-Wolves. An interesting team. This was one that I know Delco wanted to talk about. So if he does join us, it'll be it'll be interesting. But Vegas has them at winning 30 games, 42% win percentage. Last year they won 30%. So a pretty big increase, 12% increase from last year to this year. But they're still not thinking they're going to be very good. Now, 30 wins is not uh, anything to write home about. But you do have the ads of I'm going to say D'Angelo Russell because D'Angelo Russell really only played 15 ish games with the Wolves last season. And you've also got ads of Ricky Rubio. He returns back home to Minnesota, a place where he played multiple years. And I'm not sure where I lean here. I can see them beating anybody on any given night only because Towns and Russell can get so hot that they can beat anybody. But I also just don't know that this team knows how to win. So I'm going to go under, but very slightly. I think Vegas probably got this one pretty correct. Yeah, this this one's also tough. I'm actually going to take the over on this one. I think Rubio Rubio is going to help be the glue for that team, in my opinion. I wa- I could see I want to see Culver make a step. I mean, again, another highly touted prospect last year who showed flashes but wasn't that great. I want to see him push the needle. And then Anthony Edwards, let's see what he can do. I mean, if there's any team to take an over on, it's in my opinion, it's probably this one because they have that potential we talked about where they can beat probably any team when they get hot. And that's a, that's a good team to bet over on. But again, it is the Timberwolves. It is, it is cat. I mean, and D'Angelo Russell who are injury bound for the rest of their lives. So it's tough to know, but I like, I like Anthony Edwards and I think Jarrett Culver is special. I just need to see that next step from him and hopefully his sophomore season brings up. Yeah. Cat, cat had a injury riddled last season, but before that he was, a very sturdy guy. I, I think he returns to being that kind of sturdy day in day out guy. He he's not known for his defensive abilities. Neither is D'Angelo Russell. They can both score, but that's just not a recipe for for winning basketball in the West when every single night is pretty much going to be a tough night. I agree with you on that. Rubio has the potential to be like a glue guy there because Rubio is a solid defender. Maybe that veteran presence uh, helps. Although you could also make the argument that a veteran presence in Minnesota has not worked already once before and Jimmy Butler, but very different attitude and types of veteran presence between Rubio and Jimmy Butler. So yeah, I'm a little intrigued. I don't like the attitude of the team. Um, It's always the Jimmy Butler situation and the Andrew Wiggins situation always left a sour taste in my mouth for this organization. I would love for them to change that. And uh, and for me to kind of hop on board and cheer for them, because I do like Cat a lot. I do like Ricky Rubio a lot. And I would love to see Anthony Edwards be the level of player 
that people see potential in him getting and what got him to that number one pick. So a lot of that, a lot of this pick, if, if of you going over, I think probably rides on how much Anthony Edwards produces as the number one pick this year. 100%. 100 percent right 100 percent it really it really does though it's all about it's all about those next steps for the, a lot of these players malik, malik beasley is a nice ad i think he's going to fit well from a depth perspective ed davis no one talks about ed davis and there's probably no reason to but again from a depth perspective he actually he when he gets minutes he does the job he needs to do i won't spend time on that but ed Davis. i mean but when you look at the team when you look at the team as a whole it's not like they it's not like they just have five players. They have like there's not a huge drop off. They have some people who can fill in the roles and expected leaps. Again, I keep talking about Culver, but they have they have uh Hollis Jefferson who's a veteran, you know, he'll play the role that's needed. I'm taking the over. I'm just going to go optimistic on them. Again, it might be one of those teams that on paper is way more attractive like a NBA 2K type team and then maybe they don't bring it together on the on the court, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic. Oh, the Rondé Hollis Jefferson call is an interesting one. He's another one of those guys, kind of on the opposite spectrum of what I was talking about earlier. Where he's only 25, but I feel like I've been I feel talking like he's 30 for 10 years. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that that'll be interesting to see how he fits in with the T Wolves as well. It's funny when some of these guys you you talk about their age, like 25, 26, and you equate that to like veteran leadership. You know, in any other in any other industry or world, that's super young. But in the NBA, you know, and I guess in sports in general, that can be veteran leadership. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's just funny, right? I hear that name. I'm like, oh, yeah. and Ronda Alex Jefferson's probably like 28, but uh, yeah, very young guy who has potential to make an impact for the T Wolves. All right. So you're going over, I'm going under. Uh, we actually disagreed quite a bit here. Unfortunately, we don't have Delco joining us. He could break the tie for the ones that we did tie, but next episode we'll make sure to get his quick takes on all of these so that we can make sure we keep track of all of these for future episodes when we look back on it, maybe mid-season and, of course, end of season. So that's going to wrap it up for us today. So that takes us uh, – we've now completed 17 teams out of 30 in the NBA. We'll probably have two more episodes where we complete the rest of the teams. Don, you got any more final thoughts on – what we talked about today, any of the six teams we talked about today? I don't think I don't think I do. I think the most excited team that I'm going to be watching is the Pelicans by far. I think I, I really want to see what they can do with that squad and the talent. And then I have a very high standard for the, the Miami Heat this season. And I hope they're able to produce because they have all the talent in the world. I, I, just, I hate seeing drop-offs. And a lot of these teams, unfortunately, are at a position where they could drop off like the Pacers. But yeah, I'm just excited. They're they're good teams. Next next week's as well. Uh, the the next six teams we cover are going to be even more exciting. I think. Yeah, I, I think I'll say that the Heat are the most intriguing team to me. I'd like to see how teams uh, perform after a an unsuspected strong performance in the playoffs. Right? How do they carry that momentum into the the season? That's the most intriguing piece for me of the six teams today. I agree with you about the Pelicans that they're intriguing, but uh, I could see myself getting a getting annoyed and and uh, just kind of done with the Pelicans very quickly with how much the highlights and the nationally televised games are going to get shoved down our throats. So we'll see how that happens, but it'll be fun to see. We've got only nine days left until the NBA season starts. So we've got uh, every single preseason game. If you're doing any fantasy basketball scouting out there, uh, we'll do some fantasy basketball snippets here and there as well. We are big fantasy NBA players. Uh, But if you've got anything to call out from the episodes today, 
If you want to uh, chastise Delco for not making it today, please email us at grannyshotmba@gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter, GrannyMBA. Thanks for joining us today. Again, this is Granny Shot. Yeah.